Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the World Series, we talk about the Washington Nationals, and we talk about the Houston Astros, the Nats leading the series one game to none. We also talk about the NFL, we talk about all the trades that happen, we also talk about the Dallas Cowboys, we talk about the JETS Jets, we talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, we talk about all the NFL news, we talk about the 49ers as well, so we talk about it all, and we're also going to get a little bit into the NBA, because the NBA season just started yesterday, we talk about the Lakers, we talk about the Clippers, we talk about my Brooklyn Nets and how they're faring right now as they play their first game of the season. So we got a lot to talk about. My co-hosts Adrian Catwell and Earl Ross join me on Guys Talking Sports and that begins right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Appreciate all the love and support out there. And after my extended trip to China, I would have to say that I really enjoyed myself then. But without further ado, we're going to get right into it. I got my co-host with me, Adrian Catwell and Earl Walsh, joining me today. So what's going on, fellas, man? How you guys doing? And I hope y'all enjoyed the um just miss, I guess, yeah, I know y'all was running everything without me being around, but um, just the fact that I'm back, um, does it make it a little bit easier for you guys? So I'll just actually just go ahead and say how y'all doing. Don't even mind <laughs> at this stage. I, I, I just, I just want to see the passport. I want to see all the stamps. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was good, man. You know, we, uh, wasn't the same without you, but we held it down. Glad yeah. to see you back. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I know you got into Tiananmen Square, you know, stopping tanks and all that good stuff, you know, with the protests. No, nah, no. Nah, well, no. I was actually covering the NBA. Um, why? What's going on with all this drama behind the NBA and this whole China mess? I was actually talking with Adam Silver. Um, had a deep conversation with him, <laughs> philosophical about so many things about the China and freedom of speech and all that. So, you know, I may have to put that into my separate podcast and um, just exploit out there. He had a lot to say. <laughs> but ahead, put your, put that, that could bring us a, a plenty of exposure <laughs> <laughs> but i digress um we got a lot to talk about so without further ado let's get right into it um let's talk about the mlb world series is now underway game one was already played and the washington nationals take the one zero lead over the houston astros um i know i like i said i haven't been around so just your sense of take of how do you see things going forward? Um, I know game two is playing right now. And um, I just want to get your thoughts on just how it's basically team destiny against team dynasty at this stage. So I want to get your thoughts in regards to how do, do you think that the Nationals actually have a chance to show and prove and beat the juggernaut, which is the Houston Nationals at this stage? Oh, before we get started, did you mean just um, up one game or did you mean one and oh and um... – in this in this game, they're one and I mean I'm sorry they're one and zero in game. I mean they're one and zero in the series. Yep. Um, at this point, they beat. It's, um, it's tied two two right now. Yeah, it's tied two two. But this the Nationals is up one zero against the Houston Astros after beating them last night, yep. um, one nothing. So I just want to get your thoughts on. Do you really think it's a, a possibility? Not well a possibility, but how really you think the Nationals' chances are in winning the World Series? Uh, I guess because I'm the resident baseball dude, I, I go first. Um, 
Sure. Sure. Why not? Uh, <laughs> the Nats got a, a damn good shot uh, to beat the Astros, only because if you ever wanted a, a series where you had the top two pitching uh, teams in, in the playoffs, you, you got it. And after yesterday, after how the Nationals jumped on Cole, I, man, I'm not saying that Cole can't come back and be filthy in game four or game five, depending on when he, probably game four when he comes back. But, um, dude, I mean, the Nats did everything right. As long as they keep doing what they're doing and pitching, as long as the starters can get to maybe the fifth or the sixth inning and they got a lead, they got a shot because uh, Houston is all about their starting pitchers, but their, 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 uh, their bullpen isn't exactly stellar. So as long as they stay active, as long as they can keep the lead going to the sixth and seventh, they stand a chance. And what they did last night to Cole, it wasn't even so much what the Nats did, it's what Soto did to Cole. <laughs> is what's the difference between the game, you know, uh, the first game. So I think I think it'll go seven, but I have I have a my gut says I think it'll go seven. Either way, I think the Nats win, but I think the Nats win in six. Oh. Um well, I'm right there with you, buddy. I do believe that the um, the Nats definitely have a chance. I mean, you you saw it clear as day in the first game. I know there was a lot of questions in regards to whether or not the layoff was going to affect them in any way, and maybe the first inning looked a little bit kind of questionable. But then after that, you you saw the results. So um, they got the call early, and um, and I think if you look back even at the um, the Yankees. The Yankees and Astros series. I think the Yankees did kind of show you a blueprint. If you can jump on their pitching, their starting pitching early and get a nice lead, you know, then it goes right to the one thing that they're weak at, which is their bullpen. And um, right now it's tied up two and two, but I mean, like you said, Ace, they got, you know, what, four of the top pitchers in the, in the, in, um, in the league right now on both sides playing. Um, you know, this could wind up, well, we was hoping to come on to be a long pitching kind of series. Um, but yeah, like a five, two, um, five, two game last night, you got a two up right now. I, it, it, it depends. It could go seven. I would like to see it go seven, a nice long extended series. Um, but I don't know. I don't, I don't have a horse in the race. Um, we'll see. I mean, it could be the Washington Nats. It could be Houston. This would be what their second championship in three years if they uh, if they do win. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, hey, it's uh, it, sh- it should be a fun series. I agree. I agree. Nah, I'm I'm definitely rooting for the Nets to win, uh, especially with the added element of Bryce Harper being gone. So th- that's really just my take on it. That would be kind of the icing on the cake, um, so to speak. But I, one more question I have in this regard is um, win or lose, do you think the Astros is the juggernaut team mm. going forward? Um, because, like you said, they may – win or lose, the Astros still going to have the same team that – I mean, the same amount of players, maybe missing one or two key players, but they're going to have the same um, frame set, so to speak. Um, do you think that the Astros can continue this success – 
to make it not just in the playoffs, but have a good chance to advance at least into the championship series. You know that there's certain – it's too early to call them like dynasty unless they win, but do you think they're right up there as far as being the top tier teams for the next couple of years? For the Nets? No, the, the Astros. Uh, see, the crazy thing about the Astros is – at some point, all these stars are going to have to get paid. <laughs> and in any sport, you're going to pay for so many. I've already heard that Garrett Cole is not resigning with the Astros. So they went from, a, you know, having a Verlander Cole and whoever the hell the other third pitcher is down to Verlander and the other pitcher. Grinky. <laughs> Grinky, yeah. Grinky. Grinky, right. So you can always just count that out. So that's one. That's That's right there. Uh, before Cole came on to the Astros, the Astros were all right. The Astros were winning, but the Astros weren't the Astros as you see now before Cole jumped on board. So I can't deem them a dynasty because it's hard to be a dynasty in baseball. The Yankees did it for like a couple years in a row. Astros now this is their third year. I doubt they can sit there and sign all those players and keep everybody intact and keep everybody happy because stars want to get paid. You know, and baseball is one of the few sports, well, them and basketball, where you sign a contract, that joint is guaranteed. So they want their paper. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of, it's really hard to tell. Like like they said, I mean, you know, people want people want to secure that bag. I mean, you look at um, the Boston Red Sox, which I think last year they kind of overachieved, um, in my opinion. But, I mean, they had a good, Prior to that, they had a pretty good team for the last two years. And then offseason comes. People want to get paid. They want that money. People start going elsewhere. Cole's probably going to look to go elsewhere. He probably won't land in New York, which he should. <laughs> but, um, yeah, well, that's that's another topic, Cash. It's been a little bit tight on the, on the wallet. But he might have to come off with some cheddar soon because a lot of cats on that squad are going to want to get some money. But, mm-hmm. Back to the Astros, um, who knows? It's, like you know, second time in three years, usually that's, like, not the norm. However, I could see that team not being quite as good because players shift around, move. Um, there's so much parity in baseball. Let me phrase that. It's a lot of movement in baseball within the top echelon. So just like you have Bryce Harper bounce from the Nationals. I mean, it's cats going to want to get money, get paid. You can't pay everybody. <laughs> but um, there's always going to be an odd man or two odd men now. You're always going to have teams, sharks circling you know, the team, ready to, you know, you know, pitch off people here and there just to weaken that squad to up them up. So, I mean, I could see the Houston Astros – if they win it this year, this will probably be their last time winning it for a couple of years because they're probably going to start doing that slow decline. Mm-hmm. We're going to look elsewhere. They're going to get paid. And then just like with a lot of um, teams in baseball, they get to the um, big dance, they win that chip, break it all down, rebuild back up quick. Right, because they're small market teams. Not to say that Houston is a small market team, but um... – not everybody has pockets as deep as the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Mets, certain teams that can afford it. L.A. L.A. Cubbies. Yeah. 
Yeah, the Cubs, you know. Yeah. Uh, the owner of Houston might sit there and want to try to break him off, but then when he starts seeing all that luxury tax, you got to come off all that paper, and he'd be like, mm, I don't know if I want to sit there and, and kind of work in this territory. So, and I, I, you know, not to take anything away from the Astros, but, you know, we all know what the Yankees have been doing with Cashman. Cashman has been trying to avoid that luxury tax, but he's coming up to a point where he got too many damn young button stars, and you got to keep that core intact. So you're going to pay that money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're definitely going to pay that money one way, shape, or form. Um, the mat, The question is, is that is how he's going to pay it and is this going to be effective enough for them to at least make it, not just make it in the playoffs, but to be in the World Series. Um, you see, I heard a lot of complaints in regards to the Yankees fans, I should say, um, because the, some of the blame should be going on Cashman because he – actually stood pat <laughs> um, and not made a trade for uh, a, t- a top-tier pitching. Um, so I, I've, I've heard it. I've definitely heard it a lot lately. Um, so I was just curious because the Astros has the team that is built for, I mean, current as currency stands, of course. They have a team that is built for, as you can see, they've been down this road for the past three years. So I'm just curious to see if there's going to be a, a, another chance for them to do it with the same group of guys. But as you said, um, money is going to power overpower everything. And Cole is definitely going to be looking for a bigger opportunity to showcase what he can do. And if it's not going to be in Houston, I could see other teams lining up to, to grab him. Um, not just the Yankees, but there's other teams I could see um, that will, he would he may prefer. So, Well, um, I, I read that he prefers, he's from the West Coast and prefers to sign with a West Coast team. Mm-hmm. But, 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 here's the but. If he's about securing the bag, <laughs> if that's the mentality of today's youth. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, means he, that, that means L.A. is calling. No, nah, like, I'm just going for it. <laughs> no, nah, I'll just put that out there. Nah, <laughs> if, if, if it were anybody, it might be San Diego. Uh, or the Angels. Um, or the Angels. The Angels. Yeah. But I can then, see the Angels, to be honest. Yeah, but the Angels don't got enough offensive uh, – don't got enough offense to sit there and bring a Cole in. It's like you bring in a Cole, you got Otani. Yeah, you got a formidable one-two punch. But outside of Trout, who do they have? Well, to me, it seems like the in, in, in baseball, you know, because the money is so deep and so readily available, it's like cats almost don't – look as I want to go to a team to win now. They want to secure that bag. So it's like, it's questionable because even I thought with, you know, Bryce Harper, I'm like, the Phillies? Yeah, they're giving you all this money, but comparable what you're going to get with the Mets, it wasn't that, it wasn't much of a difference. I mean, it might seem a lot over a long stretch of time, but you would still would have got almost equivalent to the same amount of money in a short amount of time with the Nats now, what they have been in the World Series or not, who knows. But if they were, he still would have got his money and been playing for a chip right now. So to me, a lot of the moves that a lot of these baseball players do nowadays are more about I want my money first, championship second, unless there's some place where they don't want to fucking go to, like, you know, the Blue Jays or, you know, the fucking Pittsburgh Pirates or someplace you don't want to be out of a small market team. The Marlins right now, which I'm surprised because Miami's nice, but irregardless, um, 
if he wants the money, there's a lot of places to go. But if he wants the chip, he should stay there. But he already put on the um, put out there. Come pay me, and I will, and I will go. Oh yeah, because the Nets would offer him a ten year, three hundred million dollar contract, and he was like, nah. The only turn around do a ten year, three hundred what eighteen, three hundred twenty million dollar contract with the Phillies, which is what equivalent to an extra two million. And just I he just wanted to leave. That's what it was. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Because <laughs> I don't think he, he felt like he was a dude there. You know, because he feels like he probably is the dude in, in Philly. Well, <laughs> the, the, the first the first month, yes. After that? <laughs> but that's, but that's Bryce Harper, though. He didn't do anything that he didn't do in, in, in D.C. Nah, they just – they were – the Philly fans, and you know this as well as I do, Al, they're looking on returning their investments. <laughs> All they see is that money, that big contract you got paid. They were looking at equate the wins, and they were not even sniffing <laughs> the wild card spot. Yeah, no, I completely agree. With Philly, you, you, if you don't show and prove, especially the money that they're paying out, you're, that's, not a, that's not a good look. It's definitely not a good look. And we're not talking about football, but trust and believe, a lot of grumblings about Carson Wentz at this moment. Oh, he's a bum now? <laughs> he hasn't, he hasn't quite hit bum status yet? Not yet, but it's a lot of grumblings. A lot <laughs> of people didn't want Nick Foles to go. And now he's not playing due to injury, so that's something completely out of his control. But, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, all jokes aside, I mean, not to get off topic with the um, NFL, but you know what? Let's just, yeah, let's get off topic for that. Um, real quick, I, I, it was just a matter of time. I mean, I said the worst case scenario with Carson Wentz is if he doesn't play well and if the Eagles are not winning. And the Eagles game against the Cowboys was so telling, so telling. Like, at the end of that game, I was like, I already knew how Philly fans was going to react in regards to Carson Wentz. And it's just a matter of time. It, if they don't turn that ship around quickly, it's going to get even worse. It's going to get worse. And I'm starting to feel bad for Carson Wentz himself because of something that he – anyway, I'm sorry. Let me – let's, let's – any other thing before we move on to MLB? I'm sorry. I mean, anyway. Well, I, if we're if we're talking about football, all right. So let's just jump. Talking, yeah, let's just jump into Philly, it. Let's just jump into it. Go ahead. <laughs> well, then my, my question is with Philly: Is it the defense that has you guys worried? Not so much the offense, or is just that due to offensive personnel changes? And Carson Wentz is probably is in. Uh, there's three questions. One: Is it the defense? Two: Is Carson Wentz really 100? percent and three, if he is indeed 100%, is it more so still trying to gel with the personality he has now? Or is it the personality that he has just ain't playing up the par? Like I think it was Nelson Aguilar, he has his issues, and other players are having their issues. Like, let me know. Well, that's, that's a lot in three questions. Um, <laughs> So is it the defense? Not entirely. The secondary has not been good. And so um, their front 
their their front defensive line has always been a lot better, so it always masked a lot of the stink in the secondary. Now that you don't have a good, you know, your front line is not playing as well as it should, it's allowing your secondary to really get exposed. So, but that's not part of the problem. Uh, second question, uh, I, I would say it's 100%. It's probably maybe 80%. However, the overlying problem is that they don't have a run game, and that's what got them to the big dance and winning. Once they got rid of um, AJ Ajay, that was it. <laughs> Who's their running back now? Because they got rid of, got rid of Smallwood. They got, they got, yeah, they got rid of Smallwood. They got rid of the other guy that was there. They have some kid named Brown. Um, but when they were, yeah, but when they were effective, they had AJ Ajay and a missing Darren Sproles too. Yes. But Hold um, up. And then y'all have uh, what's his name? Um, y'all, I mean them, not y'all. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, them. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> them Philly, them uh, them Eagle fans. Didn't they have what was that thug uh, running back too? Um, the one that the Bruiser. I can't uh, think. I can't think of his name. In college, he punched the, the Blunt. Cat. Yeah, Blunt. Yes. Oh, y'all lost Blunt too. They let they let Blunt go. They let AJ Ajay go. Darren Sproles is hurt. They got rid of Small with all their decent running backs, which would take the pressure off of Carson Wentz, is gone. When they had a good running game, that's when they were at the most effective. Mm-hmm. Without any running game, you put all the pressure on Carson Wentz, and then that line was has been hurt. So now he's just getting exposed left and right. And so since now they not running those RPOs, you know, he's trying to play hero ball and he's getting lit up and he got lit up against the Cowboys big time. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> I mean, isn't even the way to say perform. It was bad. Um, I, I'm smooth is a little bit nice in regards to their defense. Um, <laughs> uh, me personally, their secondary is just, it is definitely, it's not even, it's, I'm not going to say they're the, the worst because they're definitely not the worst, but it is pretty bad. And it's pretty glaring too. Um, but that's just part of it. Like I said, it, it is issues all around that they need to address. And I agree with you, Smooth. Carson Wentz, it just seems as though that he has to dig, him, dig the whole team out of a hole that he cannot do. Um, it's almost as if they're looking for him to be the Nick Foles of the, the Eagles in some shape or form. Um, and he is definitely no Nick Foles. Nick Foles was that person where he can control the team and pick his poison, so to speak. Um, Carson Wentz is looking to get, like, home runs. <laughs> um, and try to, to to air his way out of it. But it's not just him. The offensive line, like you said, is 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 is, n- is definitely not as good as it was before. Um, but it's a lot. But what makes it worse is, is that the Eagles is still up there in the mix to be in the running for the lead of the NFC East because Dallas is not is not running away with it. And you got the Giants and the Redskins and where they are right now. So to me, it's always puzzling that the NFC East is always going to come down to like one or two games at the end of the season to determine who's going to be the NFC East champion. And it's going to be probably 
no, no one having a winning record. It'll be like a they'll both all be getting tied like eight and eight or something like that, and will win the NFC East. That's what it looks like it's shaping out to be. Uh, well, also not to say not to get away from the Eagles, but the wide receiver core ain't really doing much either because it wasn't Alshon Jeffrey hurt. And like I said, Aguilar was doing some crap. Like it's like their whole. It's like they lost their identity this year. Well, that's and it's crazy because Alshon John Jeffries, I think, only had two catches this last game. Because they trash. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it right, Eagles fans. Y'all are trash. Not the fans. Just the I was about to say. <laughs> I don't think the fans did do anything wrong at this stage. Well, let's be clear. You're talking about the team, not not, yeah. not fans. Yeah, the fans are kind of thuggish. I don't want them all in my back. <laughs> kind of. The fans are thuggish, but <laughs> kind of in it. I'm sorry. <laughs> they are thuggish. Like anyone that's willing to fight any other fan with the, in a quick of a dime is thuggish. <laughs> right. Yeah, but um, – I'm sorry, we jumped into the NFL, so we might as well keep this going. Um, to be honest, all jokes aside, I just think that the NFC East, there's no clear-cut winner. And it's it's so different from, like, the AFC East when you have one clear-cut winner and everybody else is bad for <laughs> so many years. Patriots can do no wrong. Patriots just added another wide receiver in, um, I forgot, Samuel Samu. And Sanu, yeah. Sanu. And now it's just solidifying them. Like, and we was talking about this in the chat. Like, I, I just be really believe that the Patriots are playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. Like, there should be no reason why for the next past four or five years, Patriots has just been up here and not, not the Dolphins, not the Jets, not the Bills. None of them can even get to that level to even be second tier in the AFC East. It looks like they're all fighting in the same category, and the Patriots remain on top no matter what. I'm going to say this about the AFC uh, Jets, um, and I was joking about this with one of my coworkers. I was like, the Jets are trash. They're not very good. <laughs> not very good right now. Um, they haven't been very good for a while, and they got Sam Darnold, and you got Le'Veon Bell, and they're still not that good. They can say what they want about Mark Sanchez. They can call him Marcy Sanchez. They can call him Butt Fumble Sanchez. But give me another person where the Jets were not that fucking competitive against the Patriots and used to beat them in, on a regular basis. Hey, hey, don't forget Gino. Gino beat them too. Let's talk about consistently, all right? <laughs> oh, no, hold on. Hold on. Well, you know, Gina only started one, one full season. I'm talking about consistently over a few seasons. Well, then you also have to say with the butt fumble, dude, you know, they had a great defense back then when they were playing the Patriots as well. But you still got a quarterback to put some points up on the board. Defense can't – no one's playing Iron Man football anymore. So, all I'm just saying to the Jets fans, y'all can criticize and complain and cry about Mark Sanchez all you want. And Gino, however, they were very competitive with Mark Sanchez with the quarterback of the Jets. They went to an AFC championship game. They went deep in the playoffs. Since he's been going, even we'll, we'll throw Gino in there for his one season. They haven't done daily squats since. Now, I'm not standing up defending Mark Sanchez. I'm just saying that sometimes you don't know how good you have it until that person is gone. <laughs> 
Well, Gino went eight and eight his this year he started. And then um they started out kind of shitty and then they, they benched him and then they brought him back and then he won I think three out of four games toward the end of the season. And then that's when he got punched in the jaw and then lost the lost the following season. So three years, three strikes, you're done, you're out of New York. Um but hold up, hold up. Fitzmagic did some pretty pretty decent things when he was there. <laughs> And, yeah, but these are all one season, like like one hit wonders. I'm talking about you know being on the charts multiple <laughs> a couple of years. But here's the thing about that, and it's a funny thing that you brought up, Fitzpatrick, because it seems as though that they picked the wrong people to invest their future in. Like, and I'm not saying I'm not knocking Sam Donald because he just started, but it just seems as though like the people that leave for whatever reason from the Jets start to turn out to be still competitive or at least better than what they were when they were with the Jets. Mm-hmm. I mean, you like Mark Sanchez, even with that butt fumble and everything that happened to him in the Jets, he revitalized his career when he was playing in Philly. When he was right. with the Eagles, he was everybody was like, yo, who's this Mark Sanchez? Like, right. he's throwing touchdowns. They revamped the whole office around him. I mean, Geno Smith, for the sake, you know, for the sake of when he was with another team, it wasn't as bad as he was. Or let me rephrase that. It wasn't as daunting as it was when his time with the Jets. I mean, it turned out to be a little bit better when he left as well. It seems though that when people leave New York Jets, it seems like they just find lightning in the bottle. And it's with Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Fitz magic, you know what I'm saying? They, it seems as though the, the quarterbacks, from a quarterback standpoint, it seems as though that it's like lightning in the battle after they have spent time with the Jets. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate because every person, every quarterback, I should say, on the Jets, will know, for whatever reason, it just doesn't work out. And they find greener pastures, pastures somewhere else. Yeah, and, and like you said, with the Patriots, you know, they just keep, you know, you know, adding on top of what they already had. I mean, you know, the reports is they were trying to go after Sanu, you know, before the season started, but mm-hmm. the Falcons didn't want to come, come off them because they thought they were going to make a run. Now they know they're, you know, not going to be competitive. It's not even, you know, they want to will and deal. But, I mean, the Patriots always seem to – find the right person that fits well into the system. Um, doesn't have to be the Antonio Brown. I was kind of curious to see how that was going to all roll out. But outside of Antonio Brown, they've always found people that always mesh well into that system. Mm-hmm. Um, even Josh Brown, if he could have kept his, you know, substance issues or whatever, you know, another stuff at bay, he actually fit quite well into the system. Um, so there's another weapon for Tom Brady to, you know, to throw to. Um, and they'll just keep rolling. And right now, I mean, um, they are, in my opinion, still the favorites to win the AFC. I mean. Yeah. But the thing is that there is no competition from not even in the same division. I, you would never, like uh, Miami. No, 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 no. Miami. Like, are playing bad right now. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is that it's not on a level where it gives them competition in their own division. That's what I'm saying. Well, like, yeah, I guess it's not like an AFC. What's that? AFC? Is it the AFC North? Um, 
where they have um, Pittsburgh and the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, you know, Pittsburgh, Baltimore Ravens, mm-hmm. Cincinnati Bengals. But at least in that division, it was never a clear cut that it was always exactly. going to be the Patriots every exactly. year. You had, right. I mean, Pittsburgh, you had Pittsburgh, and you had Ravens banging out. And between two of them out that division, one or the other won the Super Bowl, you know, Correct. most of the time. So I get your idea. It's like the Jets have been – probably the most competitive against them over the last decade, but you still didn't have to worry about them beating them and going to the Super Bowl and winning. It was always the Patriots division yeah. the last the last decade plus. Exactly. And it's not like it's even been in close competition. It's like three or four games out, you know, the next team may be three or four games you know, behind them. And so it's not, it's always been clear cup favorite. You would never hear like, oh, it's going to be a complete competition in the AFC East. And you haven't heard that in the, in over nearly a decade because the Patriots have been playing so great. And it's, it's, I just wish that with the Dolphins, Jets, and Bills that someone moved up the chain to at least give the Patriots run for the money in the AFC East. Because let's be honest, nobody's going to worry about the AFC East. Everybody knows who's going to win the division in the AFC East. Not just for this year, but even for next year. Well, let me ask this question. Because um, right now, you, you know, you, you might as well, you know, give this division to the Patriots this year. If Brady does come back, probably next year. But seeing how you have a lot of young quarterbacks, you have Sam Darnold with the Jets. You have um, Josh Allen with Buffalo Bills. Miami's probably going to wind up with the first first round pick unless they suddenly start winning games. If they do, they're probably going to go with um, Tua Tungvalova. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you foresee this division once Brady leaves? And I think he's going to leave within the next one to three, one to two years. Do you see that dynasty coming, crashing down and to be a little bit more level with these young quarterbacks and these teams starting to, you know, rebuild on the come up? Um. I think once Brady leaves, it's going to be a free fall for the next couple of years. Because do it? Do we even know who the backup quarterback is for the uh, for the Patriots? Yeah, uh, Jason Stenham, I think that's his name. Is. Oh, Stenham, yeah, from uh, from Auburn. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And he was putting in some work in the in, in the preseason. That doesn't necessarily mean anything, but they. He's putting in some work. Well, I'm curious. Now, if if uh, Brady decides to say, you know what, he's going out on top, they win the Super Bowl, they're going defeated, they break the Dolphins record, blah, 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 and he says, I'm riding off on my little chariot with my Ugg slippers on. I'm curious to know if Stidham will come in and put in some serious work next season. Now, if that's the case, then I truly believe it's the Patriots system Versus the Patriot quarterback. Because I've always been curious to know if Brady would have ever left the Patriots, would he be just as nice as he'd been with the Patriots' entire career? Because look at at Bledsoe. Bledsoe was nice under that that regime. He got hurt, and then he turned around and went to the Cowboys. Which, by the way, the the Jets broke his sternum and let Brady come in. So we got to go to the Jets. They started this whole madness. Exactly. <laughs> but when he resurfaced, he was trash. Correct. 
they brought him back. It, actually, they brought him back in that season. They tried to go with him. It just it wasn't looking right. They put Brady back in. They won the championship. And after that, they was like, uh, okay. But then where did Bledsoe end up? He went to the Cowboys. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then Matt Castle, he left, went to the Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Had that great season. It was trash. Now, I'm not oh, saying oh, – oh, 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 where you're going oh, with oh, this. Oh, oh. And that's where I was going. <laughs> I'm a 49er fan. <laughs> I know Garoppolo right now is balling. I need to see sustained success. <laughs> he showed some flashes when they were shitty that one year. He got hurt last year. Now they're six and zero, whatever the hell their record is. Where's all that talk at the beginning? Because they thought he was he was trash and mm-hmm. he would never play in the preseason when he when he threw all those picks and, mm-hmm. and now everybody's just he pads on. And again, I'm still leery, you know, because it's still early. You can start off six and zero, and you can finish six and ten just that quick. So I'm not, you know, I'm not even, I'm not even buying into the San Francisco hype right now. I'm pleased that they're six and zero. I'm pleased that they beat San Francisco. I mean, I'm um, Seattle, but uh, I'm not. I'm not buying into the hype. But I'm curious to know if Garoppolo is going to put in sustained success as being. Uh, highly productive, above average to good quarterback for the 49ers for years to come. You know, because then that that way it would prove, to, at least to me, that it's more than a quarterback being in that system. Because look at jo- uh, Jacoby Brissett. That dude is balling in Indianapolis right now. <laughs> Another disciple of Belichick. <laughs> Dude is balling, but I would like to see sustained success for him too. <laughs> they show some brilliance and then they fade. Now, if they show some, you know, if they show some continued success over some seasons, then I can sit there and say that the Patriots drafted accordingly and recognized true, you know, really good quarterbacks versus it's just a system. But um, I that's why I said, I mean, me personally, I to answer the question. Me personally, I think even when Brady is gone, I think as long as Belichick is still there, they're still going to be a top-tier team. Um, not just I, – I, me personally, I think it's more of the system. Um, I'm also curious if Brady was to leave and go play for another team, how good he would actually be. But I really believe it's more of the system in, in, in my belief. And I think that as long as Belichick is there, you can put anybody in there, just like with Jimmy um, Garoppolo when he was there. Um, the time when Brady was suspended yeah. for that, you know, he still played outstandingly well. So I think that is – me personally, I believe it's just the system. And that's why I'm saying I'm more curious to see if Belichick stays, how they would adjust with Brady out. I think that is the more intriguing factor um, than anything. Um, because, like you said, that will just prove that I think that it's the, more of the system. As long as Belichick is there, he is not going to sh- cut corners um, when if, when Brady is gone. I think he's preparing for Brady when he leaves anyway. So I think there's going to be – there's a system in place for the life after Brady. And yeah. I think the Patriots is going to, to continue doing what they're doing with much success. And I think you can see it because this 6-0 Patriots undefeated team is a lot different, in my opinion, than the other undefeated team when they had Randy Moss when they were offensively lighting you up. Mm-hmm. And 
the, the defense didn't have to do much because, you know, they would kill teams by, you know, end of the third quarter and they were just on cruise control. This one is a little different because, you know, Brady's still being Brady, but that defense is what really, you know, with that secondary is, whew. I mean, it's probably the one of the best defenses I've seen out the Patriots in quite some time, probably going back to the early Brady days when it wasn't just him. It was that defense winning one of those championships. So, um, right, Seymour and company. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I agree. You know what? I think Brady would probably would like to just ride off in the sunset, win, win one, and be like Manning and Elway, and be like Deuces, I'm out. You know, I don't know if he wants to do a Montana. You know, go play for the Kansas City. Well, he wouldn't go there, but like go to another team and try make it close, and then just you know fail, but. I think if he was to go and Brady was there, the team was still there, the coaches, the defense, you know, offensive weapons, I think they would still be good. But I think in those pressure moments where you need like that Tom Brady magic, whatever, that's where I think it would not be as effective. But Jimmy G, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm 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 being cautiously optimistic. <laughs> Yeah, what a good defense. John Lynch got 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 that you know all those picks he had. You know he's put them to good use on the defensive line, so it's yeah. all starting to click right about now. So the 49ers defense is starting to play really good, and the offense is starting to take shape and gel. Got a got Kittle at tight end, Garoppolo. Uh, got a running back trio that's that's putting in work. Uh, Got some offensive weapons. You just traded for nice little segment. They just traded for Emmanuel Samuels uh, from the, from Denver. I think they just gave up a fifth round draft pick and a player, which in my opinion is a steal. Yeah, he's an older wide receiver, but I mean, hey, I mean they just stockpiling. They recognizing that their off their defense is nice and that they can focus on their offense. They're bringing another weapon. It's just gonna make things a, lo- a lot more difficult for uh, for teams to defend moving forward against the 49ers. So I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. Ooh, excuse me. I'm impressed. But I'm not sitting there hooting and hollering just yet. You're not a Dallas Cowboys fan. No, no. <laughs> I'll sit there and tell you to the hearts, yes, I'm a 49er fan. Yes, I'm pleased we're 6-0. Yeah, I just don't think that, you know, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be sustained. I be, You know, fortunately, I think we might finish 10-6. and six. I can see that. Oh, 10 and 6 yeah, easy. I can see us losing uh, losing six out of the next ten games because mm-hmm. I just don't see the sustained success. And I think ten to six will be enough for them to limp into the playoffs, and it'll be something nice to build on moving into twenty twenty one or twenty twenty. Do you, you think? It, do you think it have what it takes to win the division? Uh as it stands right now, yeah, because the Cardinals ain't really doing too much. St. Louis is still trying to find themselves, and we're already. We already beat St. Louis. As a matter of fact, we beat everybody. Uh, we're already a game, you know, three games. In Arizona. Yeah, Arizona. So, I mean, we um, obviously, you know, we caught Seattle slipping. I don't think that Seattle's going to be a tough, you know, uh, another easy win or whatever the next time we face them. And I don't believe uh, St. Louis is going to be. Uh, that that easy either because you know they have the offensive capability and their defense is 
Their defense is uh is is all right. I think what's hurting St. Louis right now is not so much their offense, though I know they're kicking themselves by giving Gurley all that money. You mean you mean L.A. You keep calling the I'm St. Sorry, Louis. I'm sorry, L.A. Rams. <laughs> L.A. St. Louis. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean L.A. Um, it's not so much that Gurley's hurt whatever the offense. I really, truly, truly think that they're missing Indomitian Sue. Mm. Because it was Sue and the other cat that I can't think of his name, but he's a monster. Um, Darnold. Yeah. Them two together were wreaking havoc down on the line, which made things a hell of a lot easier for the linebacking core, which made it real easy for the DBs because they're applying so much pressure. I think that's the true reason why LA is not playing up to the par that they were playing last year because they missed Sue. So, but do I think the 49ers have a chance to win the division? Sure. I think they can win it at 10 and 6. Wow. I, I completely forgot about Sue. <laughs> I completely forgot about him. And to be honest, the more that you, the, now that I think about it, I, I'm completely in agreement with you with LA. Um, and that's a shame. <laughs> that is a shame because with the, so much, with the weapons that they have, something like that, that's a key component that can just throw every your defense out of alignment. Mm-hmm. That's that's very interesting. Because uh-huh. yeah, I think Sue, <clears throat> he wasn't the dirty player that he was years ago. But when you got a uh, Arnold and you got a Sue, and them two and you, those are your two tackles. Good, good gosh, man! I mean, if you have to double team, who are you gonna double team? And if you got two decent ends, which they had at the time, and I think they traded one of their, their ends over to the Niners. No, that was the Chiefs. I'm sorry. Um, yo, I truly, 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 truly believe that is the pure reason why L.A. is not having the season right now. It's not so much the offense. It's just that they're missing Sue. Hmm. Nobody would want to sit there and admit to that because Sue's always been that troublemaker type of player. Well, I think it's definitely going to be interesting. I mean, uh, you guys are 6-0, the 49ers. And the, the, the second half of your season is definitely just going to be the telltale sign. You got Seattle twice. You got, I think, Green Bay. You got Baltimore. You're going to have the Saints with Drew Brees. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to definitely have the um, L.A. again, but it's going to be, I think, near the end of the, the season. So um, you have – you might be on the sun about 10-6. and six. Um, We'll see. I mean, if they can run the table and they're going to lose, in my opinion – at least three of those games out the next, the second half of the season. Um, if they can lose just three, I think that'd be enough to win the division. I would be shocked if they finished 13 to three. Like I, I, I'm a non-believer in that because I'm not saying Baltimore's defense is all that great, but Baltimore's offense is dynamic and you got a dynamic player and, uh, and uh, we all know his name. I can't think Lamar. of Lamar. Lamar, Lamar Jackson. You know, you're talking about you got an angry Drew Brees that wants to play but can't play because of his thumb. Oh, I think he's playing this. I think he says he's going to play this this week coming up. I hope he does because I can sure use him in fantasy. Um, <laughs> you got a Russell, a Russell Wilson who just recently lost to the Niners and lost to Dan Baltimore. You think he's he don't like losing. You got L.A. who's going to try to sit there and find themselves in the second half of the season. Yeah. The Niners are going to have three targets. 
Well, they, they, they got Jalen Ramsey, so, you know, he did immediately make an impact in that game when he when he played. Um, his back miraculously was healed <laughs> by, by the grace of God and the new team and the warm, sunny weather in L.A. Not like he had warm, sunny weather in Jacksonville, but <laughs> the West Coast time did, did wonders for his back. Quick question about that. Do you think that it's – how do you feel about the players doing that, though, in general? Um Complaining they don't want to be in the team that they want to be, I mean, that they are in right now. So, y'all going to trade me or I'm not going to play or all this, you know. How do you feel about how this was handled? I think, I personally think Jacksonville did the right thing. They didn't play him. I don't think he ever had a back issue. I think when his wife had the baby, you know, they they just claimed a back issue just to claim an injury. Kept him healthy. Got the best possible trade scenario and kept it moving. Uh, it's a little – it's questionable tactics that he do that, you know, claim an injury, then not force a trade, and then they go to the team and then automatically, you know, they're, they're healed. So I think there are some questionable tactics. However, they can get traded by the NFL team at their whim. They can get cut at their – you know, at the team's whim. There are no guaranteed contracts. Um, so all they're doing is just like the um, NBA players are, utilizing the loopholes in the system to achieve what they want. And there's nothing that you can say is maybe questionable how they went about doing it, but there's nothing in the rule books right now <laughs> that says they can't do that. You want to stop all this? I'm hurt. I don't want to play force or trade. Give the players guaranteed contracts. And I guarantee that kind of stuff will get a little bit more quiet. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They're utilizing their leverage, especially in the, the NBA, in the NBA. Yeah, when y'all know CBA comes up, owners gonna gonna dig in your behinds about that because they don't like what's <laughs> been going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though it might be good for the league now to have a, a lot of balance, they don't like how they got to all this balance and. The top-heavy big market teams are the ones that are cashing out, and the small market teams are the ones that are crying foul. So something's definitely going to change the NBA side. Yeah, that is true. Um, There's nothing – at this stage, the way the NBA is working, you can definitely see that down the road road in regards to the agreement, the next one – the next CBA agreement. Um, uh, Speaking of the NBA, um, real quick – oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just good, you know, you made a nice segue to the NBA. The Nets and the Timberwolves are tied at 115. 25 seconds left in the game. Oh. Well, well I, I, I kind of figured that um, the Nets were going to find themselves eventually. Uh, but I still say that they shouldn't start off the way that they did. Um, but I can talk about the Nets going forward. I'm not even concerned about that. Um, but let's jump right into it real quick because the NBA has started last night. I guess all the talk was about the Lakers and Clippers um, for whatever reason. I don't know why. Um, it's only game one. Um, people complain, like LeBron James said, as you know, it's not really a rivalry. People are thinking that this is the playoff atmosphere. The, um, fans were booing Kawhi Leonard um, when he made his speech about to the home team. And real quick, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about this. Let me just ask you a quick and easy question. Is anyone even excited about the NBA season starting off right now? 
I'll be excited for the first week. Then I'll tune it off and I'll come back after All-Star break. Pretty much, because football is dominating. Football is going to dominate till the Super Bowl. Baseball is dominating right now. Nobody really cared about the NBA when you got two teams and equally matched uh, series. Um, football is going to dominate. And then you're talking about this XFL is going to pop off too. So you never know. Uh, NBA will pick themselves up. But personally, I don't even give a damn into the playoffs. So <laughs> it's, 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 it's all jockeying for position for the first 82. They holler at me come game one of, uh, of the, the first round of the, of the playoffs, and let me see who makes it in. Yeah, and I, I I looked a little bit at the Lakers and Clippers game, and I didn't watch the whole thing because I wasn't staying up for that. I mean, the Lakers lost. I wasn't that surprised. Um, but like they said, it's first game, it's 82. That's a brand-new team the Lakers got. They got a gel. The Clippers – really just added two people. Well, three, but really two big pieces. So one of their big pieces didn't even play. Yeah. So for <laughs> me. So the Lakers, I think they'll be fine. It'll probably take them. Uh if they're still playing like this come all-star break, then it's uh, a major cause of concern. But I think they'll get it, they'll write the ship, you know, within a week or two once everybody gets used to it. However, it's no rivalry because the Lakers stunk <laughs> the last couple of years and the Clippers have been good. So LeBron James is right. It's not a rivalry, but it's not a rivalry because it's on you guys' fault. The Clippers have been the better team consistently over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. The Lakers have not. Even when you were on there last year, they have not. So if anybody's saying there's no rivalry, it should be the Clippers saying that about the Lakers at this point. I agree. I'm, I, it's just overhyped at this point. It definitely That's, was. <laughs> it, it's really just overhyped. It, it, you, media wants so much of this to be a, 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 as, as big of a competition when it really doesn't have to be. I mean, it's just the first game. Like, I mean, for once, I'm in agreement with LeBron. Like, the, y'all trying to make it into something that it's not. And if he's not seen as though it's something that is not quiet, probably doesn't, you know, I will admit it's just overhyped. That's really what the bottom line is. And I think the media needs to just downplay it a little bit overall. So um, I'm not going to get too much into the NBA as of right now. To be honest, I'm not even watching my Nets play right now. Um, even though it is, whatever the score it is, I'm not even going to start looking into games until a little bit later on down the road. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what happened? They use a lot. <laughs> no, seriously, all jokes aside, like I, 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 yeah, yeah, Nets is my squad, yeah, of course. But you know, I'm not fully invested into them just yet. Um, at least Nets will be that interesting until Kevin Durant is ready to ready to go next year. And to be honest with you, I I'm not even interested even when that happens. I'm just it's going to take a couple of games for me to be excited. Look, I don't. There's no reason why the Nets shouldn't make the playoffs this year. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. I'm, all jokes aside, the Nets don't make the playoffs. That's a big disappointment, and I will light them up on that. <laughs> there should be no reason. You did all this. You got all these teams as an upgrade from last year, supposedly. So there should be no reason why you cannot make the playoffs. As a matter of fact, 
I would be even more pissed if they're not at least a fifth seed. At least. They should be at least a five seed. Bottom line. Not I don't even I may not consider them a four yet, but they should at least be a five. Above the Celtics or below the Celtics? That's where my dilemma comes into play. I think those two teams are gonna be battling out as far as the the as far as the, the records is concerned. Okay. Um, I still think Toronto is going to make the playoffs too. So, But that's neither here nor there. Again, we can talk about the NBA plenty of times going forward. Um, so I'd like to thank everybody for checking us out. Appreciate all of the support. Um, let the fellas, let them know where they can reach you at. You can find me on the, the thing called Twitter, uh, CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. You can find me on that thing called Twitter. You can find me on a thing called The Gram. You can find me on that thing called Snapchat, J.E. Ross, the number seven. And, of course, you can find me on that thing called Twitter and on Instagram as well, that I am our calls. You should also check Guys Talking Sports on any other podcast that you listen to. We're all over now. We're global. We're international. So check us out. <laughs> Appreciate all the love and support. Um, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any podcast, you name it, we're there. Search Guys Talking Sports. Make sure you subscribe. Appreciate all the love and support. We really do. And I'd like to thank everybody again for checking us out. Make sure you catch Guys Talking Sports again same around the same time next week as we bring in more podcasts and talk more about sports, go deeper, more involved into football, the World Series, NBA a little bit, and all the other sports that's out there as well. So again, I'd like to thank y'all checking out, checking us out. Until next time, God bless, have a good night, and take care. Let me channel my inner LeBron. Let's go! <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs>